Hello and welcome back to MYP Decoded. It's been eight or nine weeks since the last episode in a rather busy first term of the 22-23 academic year. I'm hoping that from January we can have slightly more regular chats with colleagues and throw some more of these podcasts together. But in the meantime, I thought I would squeeze in one more just prior to the winter break. And what better topic to discuss than many students' favourite, which is of course physical and health education, or in the MIP world, PHE. So in the IB literature, the main aim of the MIP is as follows. The MIP addresses holistically students' intellectual, social, emotional and physical well-being. In a 2017 study by the American Academy of Pediatrics, they analyzed 26 individual studies which all examined the impact of physical activity on academic performance as well as classroom behavior. And it will come as no surprise that results indicated that if schools increase students' physical activity, they can significantly improve academic achievement and classroom behavior. So this year, with our new two-week timetable, we've been presented with the flexibility which has allowed us to actually add PHE skills classes, um, which has therefore increased the amount of time that the students are exposed to physical activity. So more about that in the conversations later. In a November 22 article by Rachel Wise in an online publication called Education and Behaviour, She outlines five reasons why physical education is just as important as schoolwork. So I'll be alluding to some of these and the link will be in the episode description. So just before we get to the conversation, I'd like to read quickly from the guide, the MIP PHE guide. MIP Physical and Health Education aims to empower students to understand and appreciate the value of being physically active and develop the motivation for making healthy life choices. To this end, physical and health education courses foster the development of knowledge, skills and attitudes that will contribute to a student's balanced and healthy lifestyle. Now, if we think back briefly to the dark COVID days, practical subjects like the sciences, arts and of course PHE had their worlds pretty much turned upside down, even more so than other subjects. So I do look forward to revisiting some of the interesting initiatives that teachers employed to keep students active and assessed uh, later in our chat today. Welcome to the podcast, um, Kieran and Rachel. Hello, no, it's great to be here. Um, Good to discuss... PHE in, in all its glory. So, Excellent. So why don't you two go ahead and introduce yourselves, talk briefly about your role at the school, and perhaps tell the listeners about your journey to be where you currently are as PHE teachers here at Raha. Um, no problem at all. So my name's Kieran. I'm the head of PHE here at um, Raha International School. Now my journey here first started off, I could argue, when I was age 15, 16, coaching, uh, more specialist coaching, and that's where my love and enjoyment for um, I see development and growth of children came from um, just from a small area which obviously developed then over time so then it became quite different to what I do now is actually spend a lot of time with SEND students um, mainly one-to-one with maths and English 
and that was where kind of the I guess the first journey in education began before I went into PHE from there but it was PE back in the UK there was no health aspect and five years within the UK that obviously started to come out on the forefront bit by bit through the academics but more towards the 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 latter part of a, an education journey um, so there's more your so for UK it was key stage four and five which for us it would be grade nine and ten and DP students well obviously leading onto here which is a great difference is that it goes from the beginning up which is great kids need to know about it from as early as they can it gives them a better understanding of PHE and better overall grounding going forward excellent and you are of course the head of department um, what is your uh, sort of favorite uh, sport favorite sport well it's not the one I like to teach most but my favorite sport is actually football or as depending on where you're from around the world soccer okay um, so so I'm presuming seeing that it's uh, it's the middle of the World Cup uh, you must have watched the big game last night which obviously was uh, Wickham Wanderers versus Portsmouth I'm um, <laughs> just kidding but my wife's a Southampton fan so she'd like to put a foot in there or because they lost 2-0 yeah? yeah exactly <laughs> um, no England England obviously flying high do they have a good chance um, well, we'll speak on Saturday after the England-France game. Is it coming home? Um, we'll discuss that after the quarterfinals. A little bit early to discuss if it's coming home yet. Okay, excellent. I can always edit this out, can't I? <laughs> what about you, Rachel? Um, so my journey as a teacher, I guess I kind of always knew that I was going to be a teacher. Um, and I had a lot of different subjects that I was interested in, which, you know, long story short, I ended up getting my certification in PE, social studies, and science, um, and I went on to eventually do my master's in um, adapted PE, which is PE for students with disabilities, um, and I didn't know that about your background with SE&D students, so yeah, fun facts today. Um, yeah, so I, I think that I ended up going the PE route simply because I, I played a lot of sports when I was growing up. I played at an elite level. And I just really appreciated, I guess, the, the kind of the physical and the social and the emotional side of um, PE as a subject. So my experience as a learner in PE is actually much different than the style of teaching PE that we do now. Um, it was very old school, very traditional, roll out the ball. Um, we were assessed on whether or not we wore our PE clothes um, and it, it was just pretty much everything that you don't do as a PE teacher. That was my experience as a PE student. I've been in the UAE for the last 11 years teaching at different um, private international schools. I've taught at public schools here in the UAE and then I've been with Rahad now for the last three years and really enjoying it and happy to stay. Excellent. So, yeah, my, my experience with PE at school, I mean, we obviously loved it. We got to do all sorts of things, but we certainly didn't actually learn much. Uh, we just had a great time and tried not to get caned by the, uh, by the, <laughs> the PE teacher, who was very popular, of course, but also he wielded that stick, literally. So, <laughs> okay, so I think it's fair to say that a number of teachers sometimes wish that they were PE teachers, PHE teachers, simply because students seem to love your subject. Um, so, I mean, that must be quite rewarding and satisfying. Um, as, a, as a parent of NYP kids, it's also one of the few subjects that my kids are actually willing to provide some information about. Even this morning, my, my daughter said when I asked her 
So what are you looking forward to today? And she mentioned the PE skills class. I couldn't believe it. What timing. So, so before we look in some detail at the structure of PHE in terms of the MYP objectives, um, perhaps we could quickly hear your views on these skills lessons uh, which have been introduced this year. Um, well, first and foremost, I think it's a great addition, um, especially on the back of COVID and I guess large period of time of inactivity. It's good to get students back participating and actually just enjoying sport for what it is. And it just gives an opportunity to, I guess, concentrate on the actual practical skills within the subject because um, it, get, it gets lost in the, the fact that as we've been online, a lot of it has been theory or we've reduced the practical. So it's just getting, getting the kids back playing, getting, getting back moving and actually appreciate the, the transfer, transferability of the skills that they do in PE across the, the different domains. Yeah, I think that it's nice to to be able to have a class that's devoted to just skills, just being active, just, you know, practical skill development. And from the IB side, we can always kind of lean on those classes um, to say, like, listen, I'd really love for the students to have some more time, you know, playing this game or practicing this skill or, you know, could you please ask that they, you know, really focus on, um, you know, their kicking or their catching or, you know, their their positioning in netball. And it, it allows you to use, like you said, that theory side when they're in the IB classes with us and then, you know, really just go off and practice what they've actually learned um, without, you know, being pulled in to listen to me uh, chat on at them. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a wonderful addition, so I hope we can keep it going. So in the subject guide, guys, it says um, physical and health education focuses on both learning about and learning through physical activity. And also it says that both dimensions help students to develop approaches to learning, which are the ATL skills, across the curriculum. So with this in mind, um, could you explain a little bit about the different objectives that guide this learning in PHE? And when I say objectives, of course, I refer to the assessment criteria, uh, which are the A, B, C, D, like all the other subjects. Yeah, we'll go over it, no problem. So um, we start off with A, which is knowledge and understanding. Um, over, I guess, the journey, it takes us through, I guess it's just outlining, identifying, it's very basic to begin with. And then by the end of it, we want to be able to explain the knowledge and apply it to um, Obviously, conceptual knowledge, we've got um, factual and procedural, we, we'll look at within, within P over those MIP 1 to, to 5. And to really dive into that understanding, it's not just about performing, you need to break it down, you need to be able to explain yourself in detail. And that's where this health and this, the combination of the two comes into play. So through, through learning about and learning through. So um, that, that's where the theory is important to it. It doesn't have to be heavy on theory, but that gives that opportunity for students to really dive deep into that understanding. Um, the other three is we've got planning for performance, which is criterion B. Again, you don't plan without a thought process or a justification behind it. So when it gets to MOP5, so grade 10, they've really got to justify why they're choosing to do stuff or choosing to do a certain activity. If they don't justify it, what's the point of doing it? There's got to be a reason and okay. an improvement for it. Um, and then you've got um, performance, which is our criterion, criterion C, and then criterion D, which will be looking at reflect, reflection and improving performance. So it's all, they're all inter, intertwined. Um, what we like to do here is look at A and C together, because knowledge and understanding is, is quite, it's a lot easier to apply to performance, and then planning and looking how you perform on the back of planning 
an activity, it, it, it fits in quite nicely, um, both those two aspects. But the key aspect is when they go through it, is that justification, can they analyze, can they evaluate? And they're the three key terms by the end of grade 10 that we want the students to be able to do. And obviously there's steps in place to get to that stage. There's of obviously, course. like I said, yeah. um, certain key terms that will help get, get the students there. But that's what that's where the two will combine, and that gives a greater understanding, a greater appreciation of physical and health education. One of the things that I feel like I've always said that I really love about the IB curriculum and assessment practice is that the actual, you know, practical skills is only twenty five percent makes up such a small a portion of the students' overall success. Um, in the class and so you've got a very level playing field um, when it comes to being a student who walks into the space and you know we talk a lot about it being the favorite amongst the students and it's undoubtedly the you know most fun subject that we have (laughs) no bias from (laughs) us but I, I think that you know we sometimes lose sight of there are a few students that walk into a physical activity setting um, no matter where it is, and it's terrifying for them. It's it's daunting, it's petrifying. To circle back to the actual assessment practice, you know, they can, they can have a really, really high level of understanding. They can have, you know, excellent planning. They can be an excellent, you know, um, reflector and still be very successful, even if the practical side is one of their, you know, weaker criterion. So I really appreciate that about the IB and that it really allows all students an opportunity to be successful when they're being assessed at the end of the term or end of the year. Uh, That's very true. And um, so I'm actually looking forward to digging a little bit deeper into finding out the specifics about uh, what you you guys are actually teaching at the different grade levels. Um, What are the highlights, for example? So in the Rachel Wise article that I've uh, mentioned before, she cites research studies which show that performing physical activities actually help to enlarge parts of the brain which are responsible for maintaining an individual's capability to focus. And we can all visualize some of those little individuals in our classes who sometimes don't focus so much. So we thank you very much for, for adding to, to their ability to focus. So I'm wondering what specific physical activities our students are doing which are improving these connections between neurons in their brains. Um, well, I'll start. I'll go from top down. So I'll look at. I'll t- go through grade ten, nine, and eight, and Rachel can go through seven and six. So first and foremost, I think the big one is the aesthetic movement routines. They're the ones that kind of really push the students out of their comfort out of their comfort zone. So the the movement routines will be such things as in grade eight we'll look at gymnastics and parkour. As soon as you, as soon as you mention the word gymnastics, especially with said the boys' side, and there's like, oh, gymnastics, this is going to be <laughs> terrible. Uh, but once they get into it um, and they fully immerse themselves in it, they actually thoroughly enjoy the unit. A lot of them um, in grade nine talk about their enjoyment in that unit and, and the planning of a routine based around gymnastics and, and parkour elements. And you see that in their, the plan that they make is actually far on. It's probably one of the best they've performed um, in, in terms of criterion B. And it also helps with their criterion D because they actually thoroughly enjoy the unit. It makes it easy to reflect on and they actually fully immerse themselves and engage themselves in it. Um, so that's one that was a big change from um, a couple of years back in grade eight. In grade nine right now, in terms of that, we're looking at yoga. Again, another one that's um, 
got a bit of a stigma behind it that we're trying to change. Um, again, once they get going, it's, it's, it's good to see they're fully immersed themselves. But another one we've added in grade nine this year is water polo, um, which I think a lot of them are intrigued about because it's a change from our looking at stroke development, which it's can seem repetitive even if it's not, um, but the kids all they hear is stroke development as this happening again and again. So we're trying to come away from that and that's where water polo comes in. I think in future years we might bring back in hopefully synchronized swimming. Um, so there's something to look at rather than just stroke development with both fronts. But again, it's gonna cause a bit of a stir to begin with. So are you, sorry to interrupt, are you uh, referring to boys and girls doing the same activities all the time in, the, in each grade or um, are there some differences? There are some slight differences. Ideally we like to get them to do both. We don't want to be preventing one group of students from from being able to do it while the others the others can. Um, the only changes really in that are when it comes to grade seven, when there's there's handball and netball, and there's also previously table tennis and badminton, but we're changing that around. We're hopefully gonna give all students access to that. Um, we're just still playing around with the handball and netball, whether we should give both access to it. Um, so I feel like if we give both access to it, it kind of broadens a mindset about those sports. So it's something to that we're planning to, to look at in future rather than just say, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. We're trying to break that down and we're gonna hopefully bring in a choice of doing a criterion C, because they're not for every unit. We're trying to look at where can we give a little bit of student agency and a student choice in terms okay. of where to get Excellent. practically assessed. But that will that will come in grade seven. But I'll let Rachel talk about grade seven. Uh, grade 10, which I haven't mentioned, um, so, this here hasn't changed much the past couple of years, so cricket's a big one, which they they start off with. Stomp is probably the one that they're most uncomfortable with, but again, um, that once they get going with it, get an understanding of it, it becomes easier. So how would you define stomp to someone who hasn't the foggiest what you're talking about? It's to use different equipment and different items around you to create a dance routine. So it's not your generic dance, but it's, it's making, a, I say, a rhythmic pattern using different, it could be different body parts can be different. So some people have used cans and sticks. There's so many different ways to do it, but it's not throwing a student into the deep end in terms of um, performing a dance routine that they're clearly uncomfortable to do. So there's so many ways to, to express yourself within it that it makes it um, accessible to all, not just um, a select few students. Okay. Yeah, I think that in the grade six and grade seven level, I feel like we give them a really good kind of um, glimpse of what's to come in terms of as they move them through the MYP. Um, we kick off with kickball. Um, <laughs> it sets the foundation for their future unit in softball in grade nine. Um, we've got a bit of dance ourselves. We've got cultural dance. Um, as well in grade six, we've got a bit of swimming, um, stroke development um, as well. We've got um, chookball, which is a lead-up game to handball, a lot of catching, throwing, and passing. Um, we've also got, which one am I forgetting in grade six? You've got football in grade football. six. Football, oh yeah, how could I forget <laughs> everyone's favorite? Um, and then in grade seven, uh, like Kieran mentioned, we've got netball on the girls' side, we've got handball for the boys. Um, we've got karate, which we started doing. We've done for the, at least the last few years that I've been with Raha, and it's a it's a popular one. It's fun. Um, we can get kind of an external uh, coach in to help, you know, um, getting a chance to see from an expert side. Um, we've got fitness. We've got athletics, and 
Does that about round it out? You had mentioned yeah, table tennis and badminton. Yeah. yeah. And I think what's nice, you know, when you look at the entirety of our PHE um, program from grade six to grade 10, we've got so many different things that the students do. Um, and I think that, you know, at this age, they should be trying, whether it's in PE or just in their own interest, they should be trying everything. And they shouldn't necessarily, in my opinion, specialize in, say, one you know, sport or one activity area. Great. And of course, we do have some students that do specialize already, and they've started, uh, I suppose, the 10,000-hour rule, the Malcolm Gladwell book. Um, but uh, those, are, those are obviously the, the extremes or the, the outliers. Um, so to achieve in the top band, and we do have a lot of high-achieving students, which is obviously the, the level 7 to 8, uh, what are some of the thinking and processes required of students? Um, I think the big, the big thing that students need to do is is to is kind of back up their argument, and they have to do it across all their subjects, and it's, and it's that research aspect. Um, a lot of our students, like I said, the plans when you make a plan is going to be very brief, brief as you go through it, um, but then it's justifying your, your choices. So this is big, and when it comes to grade nine and ten, it's this is what I plan to do, this is where it's going to target, this is how it meets what I'm trying to achieve, which we look at through the, the SMART principles when they make a goal. Um, and then from there they'll justify it. So this is where it's going to, to meet, this is how it meets my goal, and this is where it's proven via research. So this is my in-text citations are coming to or the bibliography. And that's really where it's going to, to push their, their understanding and obviously push them towards that seven and eight. Um, so they really, point. really have to earn it. It's yeah, they have to hand it to yeah. them. Yeah. They, they can't just yeah. make a plan and be done with it. They've really got to yeah. dive deep into their understanding of, of PHE. Um, and then when it comes to looking at performance, they've got to evaluate. Um, so which then looks at, obviously, what they've done well, what areas of improvement they have, and then how can they improve upon these. And then again, when it gets to grade 9 and 10, they've got to back this up with research. So it's looking at different aspects of of finding not just the first link you find on Google search, which ends up being Wikipedia, but actually diving a bit deeper and, and getting a, a source of information that really shows the development of, of the activity to, to make them better in whatever area that we're going to look at. Um, and then over grade six to 10, when it comes to practical or any aspect, in fact, the range of skills we look at will get bigger and the complexity of it will get obviously more difficult as the years go through. So in order to hit that level seven and eight, they really have to demonstrate depth, you know, going above and beyond for um, showcasing what they can do, what they know, um, what they've planned for, what they've thought of, what they've reflected on. And then, you know, at the end of the day, it's going above and beyond and it's being, you know, at that excellent and outstanding level. It's most schools, they try to elaborate and they go around the topic rather than just getting to the point. So it's to the point and here's what backs it up. So that's the depth that's needed. It's the, the evidence behind the point rather than getting around it and, and fluffing it up, as I like to say, to fluff up the paragraph, yeah. make it a bit bigger, adding another 20, 25 words, which are not needed, and it makes the assignment, say, 1,500 when it could have been 1,000 or less. And this is being reiterated in multiple subjects, obviously all the time in science, individual societies, design, um, quality over quantity, so Rachel Wise in her article also goes into some detail um, about how physical exercise helps relieve academic stress and anxiety. 
So uh, I'm, I'm in the maths department as well. So we're currently in the process of curating some updated findings about how to deal with maths anxiety specifically, um, and then looking at anxiety in general. So what advice would you give to students who perhaps don't place sufficient focus on being physically active in the evenings or on weekends? I don't feel like you have to be competitive to be active. I think a lot of students feel like um, you have to be involved in a team um, to be involved uh, physically outside of school. That's definitely not the case. There's many ways of, of getting active. And the big one here is more is mentally rather than physical, that mental battle to get going. And once you get going, you'll see a massive difference over time. It might, it might not happen straight away in terms of if you want to make a difference in appearance physically, but mentally it will happen straight away. You'll feel it straight after an activity. You'll feel the difference. Um, how you feel mentally. Endorphins, isn't it? Yeah, endorphins yes. is the the, yep. the key word that all that all comes to the forefront. And then it like there's so many articles out there that show the benefits of of PHE. Um, and it's just a matter of just literally getting going. Sometimes you need someone to to push you. So parents um, that are listening, okay, it goes upon you. It's not just the individual themselves. Sometimes they need a little nudge get going and from there they'll appreciate it that's that little nice to get going overall it's about balance and we talk about balance all the time to the students being able to balance their schoolwork being able to balance their hobbies their interests their you know time with friends but it's also about balancing the mental and the physical side of their life and it's it's a life skill that they will take beyond you know even the DP you know when they leave us and they you know go into the real world um, they've got to be able to balance uh, what they're working on perhaps at a desk versus what they're doing you know, with their body the rest of the time. So being able to get up and to maybe just walk away from your work for a few minutes and do something active, it's kind of like, a, it's kind of like turning the, the power button off and then turning it back on um, for your brain. And, you know, sometimes you're looking at the screen for so long, you miss mistakes that you've made, or if you're working on something, you, you become blind to the work that you've, you know, spent two hours working on. And when you come back to it with a fresh set of eyes, I feel like it's almost kind of re-energizing in a way. And I think we all have to have to remember that that's, kids have just come through the the crazy time of COVID where they've basically been sitting in front of their computers for so long and there are some bad habits which we do need to to break and as as Kieran said um, parents um, would like you to nudge your child <laughs> as often as possible as well so um, we, we do have quite a large school of course and we also live in a place where the weather can be a little bit on the warm side in Abu Dhabi so scheduling challenges Kieran, as the head of department, what are some of the challenges you have and, and how do you manage? Um, the big one for us is actually the swimming pool. Whatever is obviously we've got to deal with, but the swimming pool, because it's whole school and we've only got one pool that has to fit both BYP and the MYP and EY. So they've all got to have their time in the pool. So that, that often dictates um, every sport and where it fits around our in our, our schedule and calendar. Um, obviously, beginning of the year, towards the end of the year, we try and um, limit the students that are outside. And often, we, if we are having students outside, then we're looking more to the old age groups that will be outside. So six and 10 are often on together. So we're trying to keep it. So 10 are outside rather than the six um, because of maturity levels and more able 
to to independently look after themselves when it comes to the extreme heats. Um, 45 degrees, if it goes above that, obviously then no one's outside, we've got to reevaluate everything. But then before that, you say 35 up to 45, then it's um, minimal time in the sun, it's more um, short bursts of activities which are related to the topic they're doing, to incorporate obviously water breaks because it needs to be because of the heat. And obviously headwear is the key thing, um, students often try to neglect their headwear and that obviously impacts the amount of time outside so if that's neglected in those those um, the height of the heat then they're often kept um, away from participating so the students here are actually very good at communicating so if they're um, struggling in any form or any way before they even go outside in the heat they're more than happy to to have that conversation very politely so having your unit plans from year to year and hoping that you can use the same units the next year it's, it's, it's a little bit of a lottery with you guys sometimes and some flexibility is yeah. is often needed, which can, I'm sure, be a little bit frustrating. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. And we try to s switch the units around that have the same criterion. So if we've got C and D later on in the year, we'll try and switch around so that it still can, it doesn't impact the, the assessment cycle, but it, it can fit in um, around, around where people can go and what people can use. I think grade eights have been a bit... It's the only year group that's got that flexibility to, to pick their, their schedule, except for swimming, um, but every other sport can move around. Kids are kids. They get, they get on with it, and um, they're just here for a good time at the end of the day. They're happy to, they're happy to be back and being active, like we mentioned. Um, having the, the COVID kind of shut down really slowed everyone down, and so they're excited to be back, whether it's, you know, whether it's 45 degrees or whether it's, uh, a crisp 18, <laughs> which I'm looking forward Frigid to. Frigid indeed, yes. <laughs> it's Arctic. Um, so thanks, guys. We're nearly at the end of our conversation. Um, in the introduction, I did mention about some of the adaptations that you guys had to make, uh, during, especially during COVID or online learning. So I know some of them are, are rather humorous, um, but uh, perhaps you could tell us some of the innovative ways that uh, you managed to get through what you needed to get through really in terms of actually assessing students and and getting them to stay active when it was literally online for months at a time oh, well i do swimming so swimming one um is obviously trying to show the stroke itself so we had a lot of students that were attempting to swim on tables and chairs and and beds it was a, a it was it was great the kids enthusiasm for it to get involved in it um, and it actually it, it worked it got the engagement there because obviously it's something different before they started it was like oh no what are we doing here but um, once they got going it was great um, there's different orienteering aspects we've done so we're finding a lot of different objects around the house just to, to to get them active but also thinking about what orienteering is it doesn't have to be on the school grounds um, and then obviously their editing skills come into play from there so when they're creating the videos or their performances um, so music associated with their routine and, and, and going with it. So there's a lot of things that were adapted. They still were able to do aspects that were, were active, not as much as obviously would like. Figure back to it, swimming, is, they, some of them got permission to go to their pool, so they're still able to do it. Yep. So there's, there's loads of ways students have adapted um, and obviously uh, parents have helped with that too, allowing the freedom to go to do it outside or um, go to the pool. So it was, um, that also helped as well. So yeah, there's, there's quite <laughs> a few things that have happened.
Yeah, my what pops into my mind is a karate example and then um, badminton. And <laughs> so the karate, the like you said, the students' editing abilities, like using their devices, they're just they're so much better than us. But they they were able to piece together um, like an actual karate spar where one person was delivering maybe a, a punch and then the other person was delivering you know putting up a block and you could see that in their video it i mean they put themselves side by side and it was just so <laughs> cool to see that they were they were demonstrating you know their skills in karate on this video it's like they're in the same room but they're not and i was really really impressed yeah. and it was it was cool um, we should probably dig up some of those and, and review them. But then the other one was badminton. Both of these are Criterion C assessments, by the way, which they're assessing um, practically, but being online. The, the badminton example, I had to get Criterion C assessed out of the student. And so he went outside and he was using a frying pan, like a skillet, <laughs> to demonstrate different moves um, in, in uh, badminton. It was just like... I think you, he, showed, you showed me that one. I, was, I, I had to sit down. You sit back and you're just like, what has become laughing. of my life? I'm in this <laughs> pandemic. I'm assessing students in PE. He's holding a frying pan, but this is our life now. But yeah, I think that it just shows how adaptable our students are, adaptable our, you know, teachers are um in order to you know kind of just carry on like we've got a the show must go on yeah and resilience um yeah absolutely so thanks so much guys i really enjoyed this chat and um looking forward to watching the rest of the world cup and mr kieran here i'm sure he's on tenterhooks um he's dear yet, england <laughs> <laughs> saturday yeah. will be a yeah a nervous one but a good game to watch actually rachel the usa did fairly well I honestly didn't watch any of it. <laughs> soccer is not a huge sport in in the U.S. Um, well, it's women's actually, soccer is huge. Yes, yes, it is. But from like growing up, you kind of ended up getting pushed to the basketball or American football route. But if USA is still in it, go USA. No, they're not. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, nice job, nice attempt. Anyway, <laughs> thanks a lot, guys. Really enjoyed the chat, <laughs> and um, tune in next time for more of MIP Decoded. Bye bye. Cheers, thank you. Thanks, Vaughn. Thanks, Kieran.